Here it is for you guys. Enjoy, cool. enjoy. Welcome to We The Thunder. We've got the stash. Is it the mustache? Who knows? And we've got the professor, Thomas Schooley, always first or fifth in line. <laughs> it's a long school bell, professor. Um, all right. We don't want to waste any time with any silly sound effects or anything like that. We've got probably the best guest we're ever going to have on this show. Um, now the pressure's really on, as I know he's listening in the green room. But um, what, what, what? How do we even intro this guy? They call him, and I say they. I think this is from the captain himself, the mayor of Amelie Arena. It's true. He's been in the organization since before they even played their first game. Has coached over two thousand games, and had his name on three Stanley Cups. I think we've had someone on the show with two Stanley Cups before. Yep. This guy's got three, all with our team. Tampa Bay Lightning video coach Nigel Kerwin. Welcome to We the Thunder. Thanks, guys. Welcome. Uh, I mean, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. That's 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 that was an awesome intro. So probably more than I deserve, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, you've you've brought uh, the cups, you've brought the rings, you've brought a lot of victories. So I think um, I speak for everyone in the chat and everyone listening afterwards. Thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for. Uh, helping these t guys see the light through video um, for uh, for some of these awesome seasons. So we're super excited to have you. I've got a bunch of questions for you. I've got some questions from the listeners, but Thomas Schooley has been doing his research about you, found out that you don't have a Wikipedia page, so we've got to change that. Um, but I, I got I to ask my co-host, what's the first question you want to ask Nigel, our, our guest here? Go, go ahead, Stash. You go first. Um, wow. Okay. I guess I just kind of take it back to the beginning and like your roots of your family, you know, being born in Jamaica and then how you guys ended up, you know, in Winnipeg. Then you went to South Dakota for a time and then you spent most of your youth growing up in boarding school, right? Playing hockey in Winnipeg. Uh, correct. You guys have done your research. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that was from fourth grade all the way to you graduated, right? Yeah. So I was born in Jamaica. My dad was, uh, doing some medical stuff down there at the, at the time. My dad, my dad's a doctor, a retired doctor now. And then, um, uh, we went, he, he, he did undergrad in Winnipeg, Canada, and he went back to Winnipeg to do some more, uh, training for medicine. And uh, by that time, I was two years old. And um, so my brother and sister were both born in Winnipeg, but I, well, I was born in Jamaica when my dad was down there doing some medical stuff. So um, that's how we got there. My, again, my dad had been there before doing his undergrad. Um, we left for uh, we my dad took a job in North Dakota, actually, uh, when I was like nine years old. No, no, I was seven years old. And uh, yeah. Love honestly, I, I love. We lived in Minot, North Dakota, and I loved the place. It was it was a great place to grow up as a kid. It was very rural. It was outdoor. It was it was awesome. But my dad didn't want me to go to school there. Like he he wanted he he didn't think it was the best place for me to. It was like a small town. It was like a little house in the prairie ish. Um, so he sent me back to Winnipeg to go to a boarding school. It's the city we just moved from because uh, he knew the headmaster of this of this pretty good school up there. So I went back there at the age of um, uh, nine. So I was grade four uh, when I went up to boarding school. So and that was like what, 79, 80? 
we don't need to do the math on that, do we? Because <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, at the time, just well, like the timeline of when your parents came to Tampa and what brought them to here, brought them here in like the mid '80s or whatever. So when or when mid, we yeah, took like we, when we took a job when he took the job in North Dakota, um, he was working for a, a clinic, and uh, the his goal always was to have his private practice, and. Um, we used to take these long drives around the United States. Um, and I, I just, he'd take like six weeks off and we'd literally go one direction one year, the other direction another year. And another, like we, in six weeks, we just drive around the entire country. Uh, so, you know, from East coast, West coast, South, North, see everywhere we, we drove it. And um, I always thought it was just the thing we did as a family. We just took these, you know, really ridiculously long trips. Um, but really what they were doing, they were trying to figure out where they wanted to live uh, and set up private practice. And um, it ended up being Tampa and, uh, and it made sense too, because our, our, you know, my, my relatives were all in the Caribbean, you know, so grandparents were in the Caribbean. And so it, it, pro- it provided proximity to, you know, uh, relatives. So uh, big snowbird area too, even it's always kind of been right. Like, sorry, what's that? Um, like kind of a big snowbird area too, right? Like, yeah, big snowbird a big area, Canadian, a big born, Canadian you know, presence anyway. Mom didn't exactly love the cold. And yeah. uh, um, so it, it just made sense. And Tampa was, you know, a smaller, town in Florida wasn't as big as Miami and so that's that's the place they chose but I didn't want to come down here <laughs> believe it or not I, I chose Winnipeg Canada over Tampa Florida so reluctantly they let me continue to stay I was supposed to leave the boarding school because there's no longer a need to go there uh, right. and, uh, and go to school here in, in Tampa uh, but I didn't want to come down and it meant you meant giving up hockey and I, I wasn't ready to do that so they reluctantly let me go back and so by that point, I was grade nine. Yeah, I was, I was going into ninth grade, I was going to high school. And so I continued um, uh, schooling in, uh, in Winnipeg uh, before going off to college in, in London, Ontario, and then eventually coming down to Tampa permanently. What, yeah, so that all culminated with you coming and graduating from here at UT, right? Yeah, so I, I went to school at the University of Western Ontario in, in London, and then I came down here and went back to school uh, at the University of Tampa to get a, another degree. And um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, yeah, so I ended up in school here and that, that led me to the Buccaneers just, just for fun. It wasn't a career thing. I was planning to go either to the FBI, apply to the FBI or, or get into financial advising. I wasn't really sure at that point, but uh, while I was in school, I had an opportunity to get a job just as a ball boy with the Buccaneers, you know, being, a, I got asked to be on the sideline for, one game and one game turned into two, two turned into four, four turned into eight. But that one game was with Joe Montana as the quarterback. The very first game was with Joe Montana. Yeah, the very yeah. first game was against the uh, 49ers and Joe Montana. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's dating myself. And then, um, and and right when I was graduating and finishing up, the Lightning had were in the middle of expanding to Tampa, and somebody I knew at the Buccaneers um, had a buddy. Um, who had been hired as a sales director for the Lightning. And because of my, uh, being a hockey guy, he said to me, would you have any interest in throwing your resume, you know, getting a job at the Lightning? I said, I'll throw my resume over there. Well, again, it was not something I was looking to do. Um, but I, you know, at, when you're 20-something years old and you, you need a job, you just you throw out resumes, right? And So I, I did it kind of on a whim, and and, uh, and they hired me. And, uh, well, the rest is a long history, obviously. So the one other thing I wanted is, is it true that whenever, because you were there, right, as a sales and um, like ticket sales, basically, right? And like yeah. management, stuff like that, marketing. Um, and Crisp is the one that hired you. 
right? Trey uh, uh, well, initially, the, the, the guy. I mean, that as me. the video coach, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. yes. It was, and you thought was it was four, a joke? That was four years later. Yeah, but you like, did you think it was a joke? Because that's like. I, I yes, that, that's a true. That is a true story. Uh, Crispy. You got to remember, too, that at the time of that, at that time, um, the, the Lightning organization was very small. Like it, it wasn't um, it, it wasn't the hundreds of employees that it is now. It was, there was like 30 or 40 of us or it seemed like maybe maybe 60 of us. I don't know. It was small. So it was you, the Tampa Bay Lightning startup company at that time. Yeah, at that, that time. Right. So um, you and I say that to make the point that we all kind of had to work. We all had to wear multiple hats and, and work with each other and help each other to lift this thing off the ground and get it started. And um, so I, I got I developed a relationship with Terry Chris by that point as the amateur hockey director. I was doing clinics to certify youth hockey coaches and I got sick and tired of doing these things by myself. And I thought it'd be cool for the, the students if they heard from a real coach as opposed to me. And um, so I'd get I'd listed Crispy and Wayne Cashman and Danny Gare and Bobby G. Taylor uh, to come and be guest speakers at, my, at these clinics. And that led to lunches afterwards where I'd pick their brains and ask them questions. And, you know, he would diagram stuff on napkins for me. And, uh, you know, because I was coaching at youth hockey, amateur hockey at the time as well. So and then one day he walked into my office. Now, again, he was a big practical joker. He's a, if you don't know Terry Crispy, he's a very funny guy, a big practical joker. One of the one of the funniest guys that I've ever ridden around. He's just a clown uh, in that regard, uh, always trying to make people laugh. And he came in and um, asked me to be his his video coach. And I told him to uh, to go fly a kite. I didn't <laughs> obviously use those words, but because um, I had a, I had a and I've told the story before. I had a marketing report due that was late. And uh, I didn't have time for a prank. And um, anyways, it didn't. It ended up not being a prank. And the next day I signed a contract, which I, at that point I still thought it was a joke. And until no one laughed and no one came in to like, yeah. And I realized I'd committed myself to a career change that I didn't at the time. I didn't think I was ready for. How I so uh, how did how did they like come to you? Like you mentioned, like you kind of talked X's and O's. You were a hockey guy. You're Canadian. So um, here's your, did, were you a video guy though? Like no, did the not, video no, not, 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 are not, we talking VHSs at this time? Oh yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing that people don't know. Um, there's a, there's rumors out there that I was the. F I've heard all the stuff before. None of it's true. Like that was the first video coach <laughs> in the National Hockey League. Not true. Um, that I was the. F you know, the people think I was the first lightning video coach. I'm the third lightning video coach. There were actually two guys. Well, video coordinator slash video coach. There were two guys before me. Uh, and what I think for budget reasons, they had eliminated the position because the money was tight with the organization back then. And the ownership was cutting costs and they eliminated the position. And then, uh, but right when the season was starting, Terry Chris was like, no, we, we got to have somebody. We can't, this isn't going to work. And, uh, and at that point, I think they were a little bit, probably a little bit of scramble mode too. And, uh, given what I, uh, the interest I'd kind of shown crispy by constantly picking his brain about systems and the hockey stuff and asking him to diagram stuff for me, I just think he thought it would be a, a, a good fit. Um, and, and it wouldn't, they didn't have time to really go out and do a, a national search. Right. So, um, <laughs> because the season was starting. So, that's uh that's probably why it was me um i'm guessing i think crispy will tell you that too um and, but that's yeah that's how i ended up in, in in the job so it's funny shooter said about vhs tape and why i was reading some things about you um because you're one of the most humble 
people I've ever met. Um, you will never give yourself kudos here. You know, I've had the pleasure of talking to you several times and I know April who's watching, she's talked to you several times and you don't give yourself nearly enough credit. Um, and you're very humble. But one of the things I was reading about you, it said back in the day, if there was back-to-back -back games, you used to hide VHS tapes in the ceiling tiles for the next team to come because they would ask you to videotape your guys' games. And so you would have to sit it in the ceiling tiles so that they could come in the next game and get that. So, yeah, there was, there was, uh, Two thick, two tricks we used to see. Here's a here was a problem back in the day. Now it's easy. Now, now I have a software on my computer, this laptop I'm on right now, that basically reaches out to the cloud and grabs NHL games and downloads it right to my computer, ingests it into the software, in which I'm going to use to break it down. Uh, but obviously, we didn't have that, whatever number of years ago it was. Um, <laughs> and and you know, so you getting game footage to pre scout was a chore, was a task. You often relied on hotel managers that uh, this, this is something that was on the road. This was a road problem. You know, here in Tampa, we had satellite dishes and you, you know, you, you, you tape the games, but on the road, you you're not, you're not carrying a satellite dish. Uh, so you had to rely on the hotel managers. You'd often ask them to record the games for you. And, and they would always do it because they were trying to get the business, right? So they wanted the team in the hotel. So they do whatever they can. Sometimes I have to go to bars. I, I, I learned to, I got to know some bars and sports bars and ask them to tape games. And there, there was all these methods. We, you had to be creative to um, get games, but, Sometimes the problem would be when you were traveling, like on a back-to-back, -back, getting that game when you're leaving town, and you know it can be problematic sometimes. So the easiest thing to do would be if you were coming in behind a team, or if you were let's do it the other way. Let's say I'm in a, I'm I'm playing a game and I'm leaving, and another team's coming in right behind us. Um, what we would often do is we I'd, I'd make an extra copy of the game on an extra deck. And I was, you know, stick it in the ceiling tile, and because uh, you don't want, you know, the other, you don't, you, you can't. We don't, we don't, we don't ask each other for help with, you know, beating you, right? So like, I would never go to the team I'm playing and say, "Can you give me a copy of your last game so we can beat you?" That it happens in NFL. <laughs> NFL they trade. It's I, well, I, I don't know if that happens anymore. I shouldn't say that. it used to happen. I can't speak for now, but you, you just didn't. You never asked the team you were playing for video of themselves to help beat. That you shouldn't do that. So you would have to get creative. And if you were leaving, sometimes the team coming behind you say, hey, can you make an extra copy of the game and, and, and stick in the ceiling tile? And we, we would do that. And often if I was coming in on a back-to-back, -back, um, I would do the same thing. And I'd get to the rink and then get up a chair and start like looking. And sometimes you'd see an X marking the spot on the ceiling tile. There was lots of those, by the way, around. And then you'd go in and you'd dig your way and you'd find the tape and you'd put it in and watch it. The, the other thing that you would do, which was, I think we called it a Trojan horse, um, was well, I'm trying to, okay. The scenario would be uh, okay. I get to Chicago, uh, and we're playing Chicago tomorrow night. Uh, the next night, Chicago is coming in to play a home game, but they're coming off the road. And what the Trojan horse would be is let's say they were in Vancouver. And they're coming back to Chicago to play, but we're already there waiting for them. Something we would sometimes have to do is I would call the Vancouver video coach, ask him to make an extra copy of the game. He would put it in a box, wrap it up, give it to the Vancouver equipment manager, 
Chicago. He would okay. go to the Tampa, uh, sorry, the uh, Chicago equipment manager and say, "Hey, can you take this to Tampa's equipment manager?" Thinking it was a piece of hockey equipment that they needed, to, you know, whatever. But really, they were bringing their own scout tape to us for us to bring. <laughs> so Chicago's equipment manager would bring the tape with him to Chicago, hand it to our equipment manager who would hand it to me and I would open it up and they would not know. They just delivered the game film of their game so that we could try to beat them. So we called that the, the Trojan horse. And uh, it, we, we, we did fantastic. That. Those are the two of the sneakier ways we had to yeah. um, get road tape on the road. Sorry, game tape on the road. Would, That's awesome. would you say that your job is easier now than it was mm -hmm. then considering you know, technology's made leaps and bounds, but I think you're also maybe under a little bit more pressure based on the rules of the game today and challenges and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's just different. Um, back then, you, you, the technology wasn't there, so you couldn't do as much, and it took you a lot longer to do what you had to do. Um, it was slower, and you just couldn't do as much, and the coaches didn't ask for as much. Now, with all the technology, with all the tools, with all the information that's out there, we're inundated with what we you know with with stuff in terms of we need this, 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 this. We have access to more. We get asked for a lot more to the point now. And, but, and, but we can deliver it much quicker because we have access to it. Right. With computers and technology and analytics and it's all being mirrored together. Like it's, it's just a lot easier to do. But there's way more of it. And, and to the point where now you have almost every team has two. Uh, a video coaches and, and Brian Garlock is the other one here in Tampa and is really good. One of the best in the league. Um, so I, I don't know that it's gotten easier or harder. It's just, it's just different back then. It took me way longer to do a lot less. And now you do a lot more in a, in a quick amount of time, but you get asked for a lot more. So yeah. And it the just... challenge thing is that's, yeah, that's uh <laughs> that's all yeah i think tom and i talked about this when we at the airport a few times but yeah it's it's a, it's a bane of my our existence now like yeah and, and just so you know whenever we see something questionable maybe on sides goalie interference anything like that we, we at least all three of us on this uh this call and you know everyone that listens probably because people that listen to this are hardcore lightning fans we we know who you are and we are asking Nigel, come on, Nigel, make make it happen, because we know you're you're back there uh, watching those videos. Well, you can see Halperin hitting the little microphone button, and you're like, oh, Halpy's talking to Nigel. Yeah, well, there's there's we got, there's two of us, and Brian and, and Brian Garlock is actually the one manning the machine, because um, uh, I'm manning a different uh, computer system, but he mans that, and and we we have eyes on it, and uh, so both of us are looking at it, but quite often. We on the offsides, we tend to most times we know before the goal goes in, it's it's whether it's offside or not, especially if the play lasts a little while. Often, we're you know telling the bench that hey, this is offside, and then 20 seconds later, they score. The, the trickier ones are when they enter and score, and you got to try to figure out is there goal interference, is there offside, you got to do that in 30 seconds. Um, and and you and one of the things that the misconceptions is out there is everyone thinks we have every angle and we've got every view of it. That just that is just not true. Um, we have extra cameras that that are, are in our internal inter, inside the internal league system. It's called Hawkeye. There's cameras on the blue lines. We have access to that. They're not part of the broadcast, but they're often blocked out on the offsides. The leg legs are covering the puck or the stick, and you know there's. When you got four or five guys all crossing the blue line around the same time, sticks, legs, and, and a puck in there, 
and especially with the pucks on the far side up against the boards, it's it, it's hard to tell. And and uh, then so then we rely on uh, what you guys see, which is the the, the truck broadcast. And the, you know, if you think about an offside, they're showing the goal to the audience, right? They're showing replays of the goal where we're usually stuck on the offside. Is what trips us up the most. It's yeah. not so much mm-hmm. goaltending interference because. Quite frankly, I don't even know what that is anymore. Uh, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. But they, they keep moving the goal line on us on, on that one. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to get fined for that. Um, <laughs> but how big how big an audience do you guys have? Is going to nobody listens to this show. I hope no, no, we're good. Yeah, so, um, All right, hey. So I, I have a really good question for you. I know people are also wondering this. We see uh, one player. It seems like way more often on the iPads or whatever is on the bench there. What is Braden Point always looking at on this iPad? I, I, <laughs> is he looking I, at like the plays before? You know, don't give away too much. We don't want. No, no, there's, not, there's, 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 there's nothing to give away. It, it, I, I can't tell you for sure because obviously I'm not out there. I know Braden is, is on there a lot. Um, my guess is they're looking at, at what they could have done, why a pass didn't get through, um, if it was a goal against, like who was out of position. It, it's, it probably runs the entire gamut uh, situationally depending on what happened on their last shift. Uh, if there was, if the shift was in the offensive zone, it was probably like, hey, I was open here. Can you give me the puck here next time I'm going to do this? You know, um, Or I, I thought you were here, so I didn't get you the puck. Or, uh, and I'm and I'm guessing, and then in our end, it's probably like uh, I sh- I, sh- I thought you were going. I tried to pretty pick up this guy. I, I thought you were the first man. I was F two. Um, it, it's it's probably probably any of those things. If it's a power play, they're probably looking at what's open and where they can uh, seam the other team or get pucks to each other for goals. And uh, so it, it, it's hard for me to sit and tell you what what they're what he's always looking at. Um, cause I'm guessing it, it just depends on what happened on the previous shift. I, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it's probably the previous shift, whatever, whenever they just got off the ice, they're probably looking at what, what just happened. Well, it's, it's a power play. Too. You can see in that image, there's one second left in a power play. Yeah. So, I oh yeah, actually. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I didn't even, I just, I didn't even look at that, but yeah. So in that particular case, they probably were looking at a, a missed opportunity or what was open or what seems uh, they can get pucks through to to set up plays. So it's usually uh, the last shift. Like it's usually the last shift. shift. Yeah, looking I'm at guessing. what they're doing, looking at what the defense is doing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing it's 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 probably the last shift. It, it's how, not you. How does that work? How does that is? Are you part of that, or do they just have those tablets that just have uh, like eight and they of. have so many of them? Or like, are you the one that's feeding? Like, well, obviously you're too busy to be sending them. Like, oh send me this clip right now right like they have, have yeah no it's, it's not it's not it's not that it's um it's it's kind of coming from us down below but that's just the way the system kind of works um the video comes from okay so we get the feed from the truck directly into our computer system uh the system and into our software system that that system pumps it out to the iPads on the bench so yes, the the stream is coming from us, mm-hmm. um, but it's the same for it, it's, it's it's league provided. So okay. the league creates as as, as a contract with the Hawkeye company to to do this, uh, but it does come from our ingest into our laptop. In terms of me sending them clips, I'm not sending them clips, although there are clips available to them if they want. Things like chances for, chances against. Power play, penalty kill, the, the basic stuff, goals against, goals for. There are buttons on there that they can click just to jump through the face-offs. Just a few things that they can jump to immediately. But by and large, 
they're getting a stream of the game from our computer system. And uh, so they're more than likely just scrolling back to their last shift as opposed to look, I'm not, I'm not sending them anything particular other than those topics I mentioned earlier. Hey, you idiot, you missed this. Yeah, that's not, that's definitely not, (laughs) not, that's definitely not going on. So that's, uh, that's, that's Coop's job. Do you ever get to have like any fun with the team? For example, when like Patty Maroon scores his first goal of the season, do you get, do you like put that out there? Look what Pat finally did after he was close to scoring the last couple of weeks. But well, it's, it's, it's actually funny you mentioned that because uh, we had a we had a funny clip today. <laughs> there was a uh, uh, the last clip in our in our meeting today for practice. We we did a video session before we went on answer practice. And uh, one of the clips that was in that meeting was, um, and people are, don't know this happened, and it's not a big deal to tell it, but um, there was a, a a back check into our zone or a track into our zone. Basically, it's the other teams skating into or attacking our zone and tracking or back checking is how we chase that rush or come or come back to our zone, our arrival back into our in, in zone. And there's assignments into who picks up what and who does what. And, and uh, Corey Perry went on a change and then Pat Maroon misread the, the, the rush and uh, had a missed assignment and they got into it on the, on the bench a little bit. They kind of, they're buddies, right? They go back to the Anaheim mm-hmm. days and they, they got, they got into it a little bit uh, uh, on the bench. So that was talked about after the game Um Nothing serious, but they were kind of chirping each other a little bit. So we we had a video of it and we showed it in the meeting. And as a, it was the last clip, and as a joke, the coaches brought in popcorn. And they said, uh, you know, they asked Maroon and 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 Perry to tell them what to tell the team what happened on that. So they kind of re got into it again in a joking way, completely joking, just kind of oh, giving like Perry started off saying Patty screwed up, mm. Patty did this, and Maroon was like, no, you did that, and and the whole team's laughing. And right, and right before we engaged in that conversation, the coaches brought out popcorn and, and passed it out to everybody because we knew it was going to so be a, little, a fun thing. But that's, so we do fun stuff right. like that on on, a, on occasion. Yes, absolutely. Good, Anytime great. there's a Oper- uh, something and things it happens somewhat regularly where something funny happens it's caught on video and uh, we'll surprise the players by sticking in a clip that they didn't know or didn't they, they weren't aware of in there and, and we'll, we'll make fun of it but it also has to be the right mood it has to be you know you know it can't be after a you chew the team out it's 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 you know more likely after a win than anything else but yeah sure we do that stuff absolutely you didn't dare do i think it was Last Tuesday, Cooch like just stepped on a puck by Apskin and just went down like a like a pile of bricks. You wouldn't do that to Cooch, I'm sure, right? <laughs> no, we do that to Cooch. Yeah, <laughs> we, would, we did not do that to Cooch. But sure, that that would be that would fall in the category of yeah. And, and we've done that before, where guys you know guys have bad falls or they wipe out or they 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 told they told themselves. But like yeah, that that uh, so, uh, so like basically chlorine all the time. <laughs> you should have a whole collection of killer phones. <laughs> Although I think Hagel has kind of taken over that role this season because like Hagel seems to be the one that's always on the ice. Taking diggers? Uh yeah. But uh I think it's almost for a little different reason. He's always seems to be getting beat up a little bit this year, but doing the dirty work on that line. But yeah, so we, do, we, we we do have fun. There's there are times where there's video clips that present themselves that are just funny. And if the moment's right, you, you gotta throw them in there and the boys always get a good chuckle out of it. So well, kind of as a follow-up to that, you talked about the funny part of it. What's the serious part of your job in like prepping the team using the video and stuff like that when you're doing practices? Is it like a 
like for every game is it like a weekly thing do you guys send out packages do you guys present it you know to the team yourselves yeah uh so you know basically uh, gars gars in my role for the most part most of our time is spent on pre-scouting opponents and that that's nowadays there's there's so many coaches on a, an NHL staff like, you know I started off there's like three or four and now it's like seven so you know our areas become a little more concentrated in terms of the uh, it's really down to mostly pre-scouting is, is what we do so uh, our real role is is more uh, I mean and then there's, there's there's management things we have to do too in terms of managing just the whole videos uh, system um, Oh, Brian Stamathis. That's uh, I used to coach him. He just I see that question on there from what's up, Brian? Um, I know Brian. You know Brian? Yeah. Yeah, I, co- I coached him a long, long time ago. Good kids. So um where was I? Oh, so uh, yeah, so that's where we spend most of our time is um uh is pre-scouting. And because the other coaches they don't they don't have time to watch a, Col- a Seattle Columbus hockey game uh in its entirety. So what we have to do is make sure they just, just give them pieces, the, the relevant pieces, the important stuff. We, you know, put it into, get it down to 30, 40 clips to show the team. And then uh, once we hand that off, the assistant coaches will then present to the team. And that's, that's kind of a, well, for it, that pre-scout meeting happens before, right before the game. Uh, every, every game, we have a meeting like two and a half hours before the game starts a video session. And there's always a pre-scout component to it of what the other team is doing. And then, uh, but a day like today where there was no game, we played, la- uh, there, it was a day off the day before it was, it, that was a review session. It's, it's review of the last game. So typically on a normal game day, you have a morning meeting and you have an evening video session. And the morning meeting is, is both review and um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's mostly review from the, from the previous game. Uh, and then there's a separate power play meeting before that. And then in the evening, we do penalty kill f- uh, first, and then we do the pre-scout meeting right after that back-to-back. So that's kind of where we spend uh, – where, where Gar and I spend most of our time. In that, in that now, we would get crucified if we didn't ask you probably the biggest question we got asked because you've been here for every single coach from Chris all the way here to Coop. <laughs> how, was, how was the years with torts? And <laughs> – Besides that, and here's here is something you know. You have Coop now, and you had Melrose in between, uh, Boucher. Uh, you you know some good coaches have came through here, um, but Coop to me, I think has a lot of similarities with Torts. The only difference is is Torts was very public about it. Now I've been to some practices over in Brandon, and I can say Coop can get just as heated as Torts is but not on the bench and not really in the press conference afterwards as torts is more known to do. But how, how is your relationship between all of them, especially with Coop now who's been here what last 10 years? Uh, I, I, I still talk to every single coach I've worked for with the exception of Jacques Demers, who was coach number two. Two, yeah, yeah. He was coach number two. You talked to Melrose. Yeah, I bump into Barry. I, I see Barry. Nobody wants to talk to him. <laughs> no, Barry, Barry's Barry's a good guy. Barry's a really good guy. He treated me very well. Um, I, I have I have nothing bad to say about Barry. Barry Barry was awesome. So uh, just a little bit of a tough situation he got caught in, but uh, but but a, but a really good guy. And yes, I see Barry. I, I don't see him as often, but I, I do bump into him kind of regularly and. Uh, 
So uh, in that regard, I, I still talk to him. The only one I don't talk to anymore is Jacques Demers, and that's just because he's not he's not well anymore. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's had a series of health issues, and and I, I lost touch with him a bunch of years ago, and uh, and I know he's he's in ill health. So he's the only one I haven't I haven't spoken to. But I talk, I just talked to Steve Ludzig probably. I don't know, probably about two, three weeks ago. I still talked to Guy Boucher. I still talked to John Tortorella. Uh, yeah, I, 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 Crispy, I, I obviously, whenever, whenever I'm in Nashville, Crispy comes and finds me. And uh, I see Crispy every time I'm in Nashville. So I still talk to, with the exception of Jacques Demers, uh, I st- and I would if I could. I, I just don't think he's in, he's in great shape right now. Um, and it hasn't been for for quite a quite a while, mm-hmm. so he's the only one that I I, I don't talk to. In, in in terms of to get back to your original question about Coop, uh, yeah, Coop and Coop and uh, and Torch are the probably the two most. In, actually, Ludzi was in there too. The two most actually, Crispy was in there too. Uh, <laughs> I always felt like Boucher was a pretty intense kind of guy as well. Yeah, actually, you know? yeah, you know, you know what they they they, they all have that. I, I think Torch is famous for his outbursts. Because he just doesn't care, and he's well, honest. I've I've always he, thought Torts was kind of like playing chess with everybody because it's like, as long as they're talking about me and the media and how I talk to the media and everything, they're not talking about my team or they're I'm taking the brunt of it. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's always been part yeah, of his strategy. I, part of it's I, just him being a loose cannon. No, but I think I, that I, is part I, of his strategy as well. I think it's more loose cannon, to be, to be honest with you. But, but <laughs> maybe, no, but, maybe more but, recently but, with Philadelphia, but, it seems that but way. I can so tell important. you, I can tell you for those that that would remember this, that I know for sure one time where he deliberately used that strategy that you're talking about was the whole shut your yap thing uh, mm. with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yep. That was a deliberate um, move to get attention because the Flyers had just drummed us in game two before and everyone was talking about how and we won game one, they won game two. And everyone was talking about how the big, bad Philadelphia Flyers were uh, at that point. We weren't a, we weren't a match for them and they were going to dominate. And, they, and and it was also a unique situation because we had using the playoffs as we play every other night, every other night. Yeah. And the playoffs in that particular situation between game two and three, there was a couple days in between games. And Torres didn't want the media to be talking about the drubbing we just taken, so he deliberately changed the narrative. Um, and I'm not saying he hasn't done that in other situations, but but genuinely speaking, when you see him flying off the handle, he's 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 lost his cool. It's, it's genuine. Um, and, and getting back to Coop, Coop is Coop is very intense as well, but in just in a, in a, but he does it in a more He's a lawyer behind the scenes yeah. way, but I, I can tell you for sure that the same passion is there with John Cooper that is there with John Tortorello. John Tortorello displays it publicly. Coop, you know, knows how to you know keep it uh, behind the scenes and in the locker room. But he, he, I, I've absolutely seen Coop uh, just as uh, heated um, with the with the players and the team as as you've seen towards uh, in the media with his team or with the media themselves. But uh, but uh, you know they're both extremely uh, competitive guys. Who uh, I'd say the biggest thing they have in common is their disdain for losing hockey games. And they uh, hate to lose more than they like to win. Yeah, they yeah they it, both said that. Yeah, they, yeah. There's a dis- there's a distinct disdain with those two for losing. Guy Boucher was like that. They're all like that. You know, you can't, you can't become a head coach in the national hockey league without having that, that, uh, that, that passion for winning and, 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 and the, the, 
the contempt for losing. So they all have that in common. Uh, how would you know they all display it differently? You know, Coop and Torts are polar opposites in that regard. But uh, I would say probably the two best coaches I ever worked with uh, were, were those two. Are, are those two guys? Uh, I'm not saying the other ones weren't any good. They, they were all they were all great, and they all treated me extremely well. And I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for all of them. Um, but yeah, don't don't. Uh, Coop's a cool cat uh, when he when he needs to be, and he knows he knows when the cameras are on, and he knows uh, if you if you saw him behind the scenes in in those moments where where things have uh, have not gone well, he he can he can turn on that uh, that switch no problem. Well, I want to say his like fifth season when all the fire coop um, things were going around, fire coop, fire coop. Um, I because they didn't think he was mean enough on the team. And I used to say, and that's when you guys used to practice a lot over in Brandon. And I'd be like, you don't think he's tough on this team? Go to Brandon and just watch one of those practices. Because I heard him, Misha, uh, Sergachev's first season, I heard him lay into Sergachev on the ice and was like, you know, do you want to be here? And like, and I was like, oh, no. Coop does. It's just the lawyer in him does that very good thing in front of the cameras. I was like, no, he definitely gets on the stage. Yeah, he, 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 he can. And it's, and it's his job too at times, right? Like his, mm-hmm. his job's to light a fire under the team. And there are times where the guys just, you know, for whatever reason, they just, they're not bringing it. And, and, uh, they need they need to be, that needs to be dealt with and and the, and there, and there's also times where the team is not playing well and you've got to approach them with kid gloves and pat them on the back and pump them and, and he's and he's he, he's really he he might be the best manager of of players um, that I've 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 out of the eight I've been with I, I'd say he's probably the best manager of of players. Um, uh, and just the, the, the he's he's got a real he's got a great knack for uh, getting to the the little thing that needs to be said or done to make a course correction. Um, he he he's really good at finding the exact because it's it's hard to do to change up your message and 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 keep the teams. Um, engage with you as a head coach mm-hmm. uh, after all you know all this about 10 years you know it, it's yeah. not easy because they've seen most of your act they've seen most of your strategies the way you 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 try to motivate them and it's not easy to come up with something new and and, and but for coop it's somewhat natural he and it's not artificial sometimes coaches will manufacture it a little bit it's not with him he, he's just got a he's got a he's got a real good knack for just getting to um the, the the message well there's a reason why his teams are known for not losing back-to-back games you know i mean yeah and, yeah. I, and I think that's a big part of it i mean they look at it even this season is even though it didn't start out as well as we all wanted to they've only lost back-to-back games once and that's what game three yeah. and four I, actually Since then I, I they think, haven't lost so i think last year was because one thing i've uh, i had said prior to coop i mean not publicly because that, that's just not my forum but i've always said that every team i've been with at some point during the year you go through two crashes right yeah. sometimes they're they're months long and sometimes they're weeks long. but if good teams always have two dips and and coop's the first coach i've been around that um doesn't really have those he he, he the only actually to be honest and again i have a, I have a terrible memory but um, I think last year we had that slide uh, 
probably, I don't know, it was February, March, somewhere in there, April, we had a bit of a slide and, uh, and a prolonged one. That was the first time I really kind of remember Coop ever having a, a, a somewhat prolonged period of time of, of losses. We, I can't remember, I, I don't remember the numbers. I'm terrible with it, but I'm going to say we lost like six of eight or four of six or what, I, again, don't hold me to the numbers. I don't remember, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. he, he, that's not normal for a Coop led team. He, he, he might lose one or two and, you know, that's why one. And then sometimes the second one, but not very often. And, um, and so that what I used to say years ago, just hasn't been true with the John Cooper teams. Yeah, and that's actually true. You know, it's something when you've been a hockey fan for so long, there's those certain stereotypes that we talk about, and that's one of them is what you know. If you watch hockey for so long, that's what, you know, teams go through those losing slump. streaks. You're going to have yeah. a slump. You're, you're going to have, have a losing streak. And he and doesn't. You're right. His teams just don't. He, his teams just don't. And it, and know? it's his ability to make that course correction and and say the right thing and and get to the problem, identifying the problem that's causing yeah. us losses at the time and correcting them. He's really he's he's the best I've seen at that. There's there, there's there's no doubt. Well, we last year had our problems with him not winning a Jack Adams yet in his career. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this season after having to replace so many, being so tied up against the cap, making the trades they did and, you know, the way they started, if they get in a typical lightning, you know, uh, production from this season, I think he might finally be in those talks this season with what he's had to go through and the way this team is playing still consistent hockey this season, even though they're not playing their best hockey. Yeah, I'm obviously they out playing. They're playing much better hockey, like the last two weeks for sure, three weeks really. But like, they definitely didn't start out the, the way they wanted to really start out with the injuries and the the new guys and the lack of depth in certain areas. Yeah, I, I, I again, I'm biased, but I think I think it's borderline criminal that that John Cooper has not won a Jack Adams yet. He's 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 been the the best coach in the league as far as I'm concerned. And again, I'm obviously biased, but he's been the best coach in the league for the last decade. Yeah, yeah, we, we talk about no it arguments here all the time no. on this show. Um, so I, I still think this year is going to be an uphill battle more than than you do, Stash. Um, we got some pretty good questions uh, on the social media, so let's ask you a couple of those, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. Um, got a good one from Bolts zero four two eight zero seven. It's tough to get a good Bolts handle, by the way, these days. You got to go. You got to dig deep into the zero four two eight zero seven. Maybe that's a date or something. Um, so, so they're asking. Besides the three cups, um, what is something or a special moment with a player or coach that has impacted you uh, in this role? Cups not included. So, is there any other moments or anything that stands out? to you that's impacted me impact impacted me um something that'll stick with you forever you know uh th there's been a not, not counting stanley cups there's been a couple th th like marty st louis uh when we raised the the, the his jersey uh, to the rafters, he made a comment about me and our relationship uh, that that kind of that touched me. And um, I, I for some that that's something that was special to me and personal. Um, and, and then there's other things that I've seen that I thought were really cool. They, I don't know they impacted me, but uh, we were in Winnipeg, um, and I just talked about this the other day. Uh, we were in Winnipeg. Um, which is my 
I consider myself my hometown. Again, I wasn't born there. It was my hometown. And mm-hmm. it was a year that Stammer, it was the last game of the season. Uh, Guy Boucher brought me onto the bench for the game because it was my uh, it was my hometown. And so um, I, 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 I don't know why I remember this, but it was, it was pretty cool. Stammer had 59 goals. And um, every time he touched the puck, the Winnipeg Jets fan just, they gave it to him. They were boo, like the loudest, yeah. the loudest booing I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. And um, and it was my hometown, so I was kind of a little ticked off about it because it was my it was my my town. But I but they're also real passionate hockey no, fans. hockey so, people, yeah. And they were they just gave it to him every time he touched the puck in time because they they knew he was on fifty nine. It was just boo boo boo. And right at the end of the game, he scored, he scored. his sixtieth. And I remember the entire building standing up and gave him a thunderous. Standing ovation, and I, yeah. and I, and I, because I was, and I was on the bench, which I'm not normally. I've been on the bench a few times, but I'm not normally on the bench, uh, as as people know. But uh, I remember it, wasn't getting, that the last game of the season too that year? Last I think yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the last game. It was the last yeah. game of the year. Uh, it was yeah. in Winnipeg. It was my hometown, and um, and I, I remember getting goosebumps at this. Uh, yeah. Like it was just, it was just cool to hear boos the entire game. Every right. you know, think, you think about how many times Stammer touched the puck in a hockey game, right? It's, oh. It's happening every couple minutes, especially that so, season. Yeah, so it was just boo after boo, like just constant booing, and then once he did it, a thunderous. The whole it, they quiet for a second, and then the whole arena stood up and gave him a, a, a thunderous applause. Um, and there's there's things that have happened on the airplane, like Andre Wa uh, after we lost Game <laughs> Six um, in Philadelphia, we blew the game. We we. we you know, when we're on the airplane back to Tampa, and the only thing we knew at that point was we may have just blown our opportunity to go to Santa Cup Finals. And um, we, we had a Stewie go down. She passed out. And uh, so it, it, things got a little tense on the plane there. There was some concern. And, and the, but the plane was dead. Like, it was, just, it, was, it was just a bad vibe on the airplane. And I, I, I didn't know this, uh, but Marty St. Louis was encouraging Andre to do something. And then Andre Wa got up. He he took the Stewie's apron, took off his clothes, and he literally. And she had a thick Southern accent, and uh, he literally took the, the the cart and went down the aisle and just pretended to be her. But you didn't realize until you got by you that he was completely naked behind, and I, he may have had a cookie crumbled in his cheeks. <laughs> so there's there's things like that that. Uh, that 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 come to mind. I, I don't know that it falls in the category of impact to me, but there are these. I'm trying to get away from your your typical answers that you know. Yeah. People, yeah. Uh, know about like obviously raising Stanley Cup. You can't you can't trump that. Yeah. Especially being a Canadian kid, something I dreamt my whole life, and I've done in an artificial pretend way my whole life. But uh, I, I think. The, okay. No, I'll say just a quick follow up on that. I was at the game the other night, uh, the Nashville game. And how loud that ovation was for McDonough and the uh, the, the tribute. Yeah. That's maybe the loudest I've ever heard Amelie Arena, aside from like a playoff game, like game six, game seven, elimination playoff game. And it was such a long ovation. I just... It was, it was it was it was awesome and it was like, it was and, and McDonough either. was choked up and and yeah. uh, I don't know if people know this but it is I think I don't play is yeah he's got something in his mouth I talked to him so he's having ch- I think had he not had that you would have seen his lips quivering uh, but mm-hmm. it was kind of locked in a place right there but <laughs> yeah. he 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 uh, and I saw his dad afterwards and he was he was choked up but there's there's been a lot like the the and there's things off away from the ring too like the the the, the kids that have. 
uh, you know, touched you with their battles. And then, you know, the military service and women that I, uh, that's always been something that's been really cool for me is I've, I've had these opportunities to interact with our, and I've always been fascinated with the military. Um, and I've got these opportunities to, to interact with them and do some cool stuff. And, and, you know, the white house visit was, was, was awesome. And I, I actually I talked about this on an earlier podcast, the, something that was kind of neat. Oh, actually, this might fall in the category of impacting in me. Um, uh, we're at the White House uh, uh, on that visit uh, earlier this year, and we're on the South Lawn, and we're getting ready to do a rehearsal of the ceremony. But we're just, you know, kind of engaging with some people there. And I, I have a buddy that is retired from the Secret Service, and I've known him for 10, 15 years, and he's always joked about guys in black snatching me in the middle of the night if I because he's, he's a can I say ballbuster. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So, it's a hockey podcast. Better ask for forgiveness and permission, but yeah. um, right. he was a he's a notorious ball buster, and he's always threatened to, hey, you better how you t- watch how you talk to me. I'm going to send someone in the, in the night, middle of the night to come rendition you kind of thing. And um, so I'm at the White House lawn. He's retired. He's been out for five, six years now. And I'm on the White House lawn, lawn and the Secret Service agent comes up to me and he goes, are you Nigel Kerwin? And right away, I'm like, oh, here we go. Johnny finally <laughs> finally got me. He sent the G-man after me. And uh, and uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I am kind of nervous. Like, what's, what's going to happen here? Knowing it's going to be some kind of joke. And he goes, you don't remember me, but I, uh, I'm from Tampa. And uh, I used to do your hockey school when I was a kid. Wow. And I was just like what like uh, it, it 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 just absolutely shocked me um and it was just really cool that you know here's this kid that i had, and and we've become good friends and we've stayed in touch As a matter of fact we were just in washington i had i had drinks with him and his wife um um but it, and then it's those little things that happen and you, people come up to you and like like even brian stamathis you know chiming in yeah. right there earlier on is uh you know is a is a kid i remember when i was coaching those i i think when i'm when i'm done and i'm i've, I've left this uh uh, this game, yes, I'm going to remember the Stanley Cups, uh, and yes, I'm going to remember um, the moments, but I, I the, those big moments. But I think what I'm going to remember the most is the people I encountered, the interactions I had, um, whether it be players, coaches, fans, friends, um, all the cool people I've met, uh, whether they're in the military, um, kids that have beaten cancer or lost their battles. Um, I, I think those are the things that I'm probably going to reflect on the most because um, they're the things that impact you the most is the people you work with and the people you get a chance to meet. And, and you, when you work in professional sports, you're so blessed to have this, this access to all these cool things because people want to touch the team and they want to engage with, 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 uh, with, with you. And it's, it's, it's been a, a, just a blessing to live this life. And um, so I, I, in terms of things that impact me, it's 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 those moments with people, uh, whether they were behind the scenes or out in the public, whatever that I'm going to remember the most. Yeah, and I hope you give yourself enough credit because you know we we always talk about Phil Esposito as as the guy bringing hockey to Tampa, but you know you, you've been doing it pretty much as long as he has, um, and coaching this team, and you know everyone in the chat, everyone that's going to listen to this afterwards, we know who you are. You 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 helped put. Uh, hockey on the map here in Tampa. And, you know, this podcast probably wouldn't be here if it weren't for you and, and a lot of your colleagues that are out there. So we, we appreciate you uh, well, a lot. I, 
I, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, Tommy's right. I don't, I don't like a lot of, uh, well, uh, too uh, humble. I, I don't like attention and accolades, but I, I don't feel like, uh, I, I feel like I'm just a guy that's been privileged to do a job. And, and uh, there's a story, there's a story you told me and it, maybe I'll get it a little bit wrong here or something, but I thought one of the funniest moments, cause I'll, there was a lot of people there 2016 when you guys came back with the Eastern conference trophy from New York um, there was about 1500 there at the, at the airport coop has you go and take it out in the middle of the whole, the whole crowd, because you were the only one that was allowed to touch it because you had won it before. Um, and then at the end, he's all yelling. He has all of us yell, get over here, Nigel, come back, Nigel. You know, you know, so you know one of the stories you tell about that is when you guys land and you go and pick him up from it, you know, he's riding with you in your truck. And he tells you you're forgetting the trophy and you didn't even realize it was on the plane. No. So what happened there is we, so we were in New York, we're in the coach's room and a lot of fans know this. Our little honey hole afterwards was always four green fields on, on Platte Avenue. And I remember calling them because they, they were going to be closed when we got there, but we had a great relationship with them. And I remember I called them from the locker room in New York. It was like, like Hey, we're coming in hot. You guys can be open because if you're if you're open, we're coming in and celebrating, right? So um, we we land in Tampa and Cooper's uh, like, uh, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm, I'm going to Fort Greenfield because they open." I goes, oh, "I already made the call; they're going to be open." And um, he goes, uh, "Well, shoot, I got to get Julian a ride home. Hold on a second, let me." Because Julian take the boss out first. Yeah, he, he, for some reason he had to take the. He, Julian needed a ride home. I can't remember why, and he was like, "Ah, oh, shoot, I got to get Julian a ride home." And and I said, well, I'm going to hold on. So I went to my car and he made me drive up to the plane. And he says, I'm going to ride with you and I'm going to give Julian my car and I'm going to go with you to Fort Green Fields. I'm like, all right, let's go. Uh, and I, you know, I, I put my luggage in and I'm, I'm like, let's go. He goes, what do you mean? We got to get the trophy. I'm like, what trophy? He's like, the Eastern <laughs> Conference trophy. He goes, it's on the plane. I'm like, it is? I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, it, it, We didn't have it up top. We had it on the bottom. So he he brings the the trophy. Come, I'm waiting. All I want to do is get a Guinness in me. That's all I cared about at that point. Like I just want to continue the celebration. So um, I uh, he makes me. We grab the trophy and we're about to put it in my car. He goes, "No, you gotta you gotta take it to the fans." And again, I'm not that guy at all. Like I'm not the guy that wants to be a thousand people look at me. I just not. I'm not a showboat. Like I'm just. I've never been that person. Like uh, I cringe in, in the limelight and. Um, uh, and so he he made me take that trophy out to you guys and 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 hold up there. And I did not not that I don't want you guys to have feel a part of it. I just want to be the guy to do it. Like I didn't want to do it, right? So that, that was the ironic part is he makes me go do that, and then I'm uh, 500 people deep, and all of a sudden he starts yelling at me. He goes, "Come on, everyone, come on, Nigel, let's go." You wait till you had enough time. Like you're doing the glow. I'm like, you're the one who made me do this. So I was I was jokingly pissed at him. Uh, yeah. He totally submarined me. I, I had nothing to do with that. Uh, that was there. He was like on the count of three, everybody. Yeah, on the count of three, everyone's got to go. Nigel, yeah. we got to go. But meanwhile, I'm the one who like I'm not taking that out there. I don't want to take it out to the. Like, you take it out there, but obviously he couldn't because. It was, uh, he, you know, there's that superstition, superstition yeah. which we've, we've violated a bunch of times, by the way. Multiple like, times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have deliberately won the conference trophy. Um, I think every year, the two years we won and then yeah. the year we lost, we've, we've deliberately grabbed it. And so we've kind of kiboshed that. Just, and other teams have as well. People don't know that. Yep. But, yeah. but yeah, that was, I got submarine on that one. Uh, that's awesome. And those are the things I love about hockey and especially living here for 20 some odd years. You know, back in 04, I've told the story. I 
so many times, but I was one of those kids out there sleeping on the plaza to get in line for the $8 tickets at the box office uh, as soon as I open on game day. And so like that was an entire experience for me being so young and how I identified just moving here a couple years ago as a transplant and how in 20 years, this has really become the real identity of me being a Tampa resident is the lightning. And I grew up with kids from Minnesota and Ohio uh, that were big hockey kids up in Northern Florida. So it, it was something I always loved. And so coming here and being close to a team that's one and that you get to see the family and how you hit like Corey Perry talks about how these guys live so close to each other on Davis Island and they're right by the rink and it's all a community and how it's not like that on every team and how it kind of creates a special bond and it's it's cool hearing these stories because you know here from every sports team but it's a little bit different and it's a little bit more of a family bond when we hear it from coming from behind the scenes of the lightning organization yeah, we 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 do have a, a a really tight group, and we 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 I, I I don't care what people think. We we live in a, it's become a hockey town, and and our our fans are something. One thing I've noticed over the last ten years or so is the the amount of Lightning jerseys I now see when I'm on the road on the bench for warmups. Um, it, it it is vastly grown. Uh, the it's not just the Tampa fans that are here. There's a lot more on the road than I've ever seen in my career, and um, it, it's just been a great community. Uh, and you know, I talked about impact. Uh, we talked about impact earlier, and the the fans that I have met that I can now consider friends is, is I can't even count how many I've met over the years. And actually, we just no one probably knows about this. This just happened yesterday, and it was very quiet. Phil Esposito hosted in Ybor City yesterday at Bernini's. Uh, he hosted a, uh, a a bunch of original staffers. Um, we all got together kind of quietly in a private room, and and it's people I hadn't seen in 20, 30 years. Secretaries, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people, salespeople. There was, there was a bunch of people there. Bobby the Chief Taylor was there. Rick Peckham was there. Obviously, Chief was there. The original yeah. general counsel and trainees. People all get the team here. Um, Really, really, really cool, cool moment. But yeah, our, our community is is fantastic. I that's why I haven't left to be honest. You know, like I've had opportunities to leave. It's like why why am I going to leave this? So yeah, yeah, no reason to leave. Stay here. We need a couple more uh, Stanley Cups. <laughs> you, you and Stamkos rewarded. You and Stamkos. You've been yeah. rewarded. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many. Uh, yeah, more I have left in me. We'll we'll see. It's been a, it's been a long, it's been a long road. So all right. So so we've taken you way over, way over uh, what we deal. promised. I've got I've got a, a lightning round, if you will, of sure. questions. Five, right. Just five. Okay. And to have fun, have yep. fun with these. But For sure. We'll, we'll go through here. No explanation little, needed. You can just answer. Little nervous, if you need, but yeah, I'm good. If you need to explain, you can. Okay. Um. But what started off with. This one, because the stash has the new jersey on. I actually had it on first, and then he showed up here with it on. I, I bought like, it first. It, it was like reverse retro a week last night. Um, mm -hmm. Thomas doesn't like it, obviously. I got the stadium series jerseys. You know, what, what we want to know is what was your favorite lightning jersey in history? The black ones that we just got rid of. Oh, really? The yeah, controversial black, the fadeaway gray, yep. or whatever ones. Right? I love them. They're, they're wow. I will. I will say this: they're they're difficult for my job because I yeah. can't see the names and numbers very well on on the on a on a laptop, uh, and I know broadcasters don't like them. But I I 
that's probably my. <sighs> Asking the hard hitting questions around here. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the blue. And I, you know, it's funny when we we uh, when we changed jerseys the first time uh, to the Tampa Bay with the blue and silver bolts. The yeah. second jersey, I I hated it. I, I really I really like the original one. And then when we changed under Vinick, and I remember the, we, they revealed them to us, I think, in Brandon, actually. And I remember when I was, I was saying it, because I, I really hate jersey changes. I, I'm not a big fan of them for the most part. Um, I, whatever the original one, usually it's not very often teams upgrade, I find. Um, when I saw the blue and the white, which we wear now, I was like, wow. Because I like clean and simple. And, yeah. and, I, and I, 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 I was like, wow. They just kept it simple. You know, so that probably answers your question about stashes. How I feel about stashes jersey. <laughs> it's, uh, so pain, full disclosure, I slept on last year's reverse retro, which I thought was a really, really good sweater. And is that the blue they, one? Yeah, it's like yeah, I like yeah. actually I like that one. And and yeah. they didn't do what they did this year, which was release more after the initial sell. They just sold them, and then that was it. So I I was just like, no matter what, I'm gonna get this one this season. And it doesn't help that I know Thomas Schooley and I was at the release and got discounts. I'm gonna, so, I'm I mean, gonna, I didn't I'm pay. Change my, I'm gonna change my answer. I think the I think the one the blue one that we wear now is probably my favorite. My second favorite is probably the the the, the black one, the the the, 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 all, the the all black with the sublimated gray. It's yeah. probably my second favorite one. So. Yeah. So Lightning fans, if you want that jersey, the ones they have in the stadium, once they sell out, they ain't getting them back. So no. go buy those black jerseys if you like. I, them I, 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 I do love the I, I I did love the outdoor. I love the, the jersey you're wearing the there. Sweater. Yeah, yeah. The the stadium sweater was really really cool. And I, especially I the whole the jacket the they gave year. us as coaches oh. is, is oh you got the jacket it's you really got one cool. of those I've been offered a lot of money I bet well, you they, have they sold the jacket but wasn't it like five grand or something schoolie yes some crazy well, amount that was that was the um, bag with the equipment in it oh the, yeah, yeah they, I, what I they really sold should. all the players stadium series bags they did them for auction um, and so and it had gear in them. Um, so they just did those, but I can tell you what he said about Stash's jersey. I was the one that showed Nigel it the first time, the picture of it when he, he got off the plane, and his reaction to, is better now than it was before. I guess yeah, I'm, I'm his, he lived through the first one. It all when, right. when, yeah, when I'm, I have to be at least we have a better record in this than the original one. Yeah, <laughs> they were pretty good in the original. But they were too. pretty good in the original. Too, um, I think. Yeah. All right, this we suck at, right. at lightning at rounds. Time, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, good. I, I know where I got to be, so we, I got all the time in the world. Favorite NHL city to visit? Oh my god! Nice. God, hit him hard. That is a, that, we hit him that, hard. That, I can't say. Hard. Can't say like, like six cities come to mind. <laughs> yeah, if you force me, if you put a gun in my head and make me pick one. I'm a sucker for New York City. Mm, I, I who love is Big Apple? Big Apple. Na- Na- Nashville's uh, Na- uh, when when I was trying to narrow it down between Nash, I was trying to narrow it down between Nashville and New York City. It's between those, but but I love Chicago. I love Montreal. Um, I love right, Calgary. Yeah. It's a sneaky good town. Um, th- there's there's a bunch I like, but if you said uh, what's my favorite, it's 
it's it's New York or Nashville, I'd say, is probably my 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 favorite. Good choices. Some of the reason why we ask is because we like to go to away games at least once a year. Schoolie's going to Dallas. I'm trying to go over to Phoenix to see that Mullet Arena deal that they've got. Go to a high school game. Go to a high school game, my man. Um, Yeah, I mentioned mentioned that one too. So Nashville's at the top of a lot of people's lists. Um, Nashville's very fun to go to. Oh yeah, Good, Na- Nashville's yeah. awesome. Like if you said no, Nigel, you're wrong. It's Nashville. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Like you're you're not wrong. <laughs> like it's, it's. All right, this is an interesting one because we got an insider scoop on this one. Uh-oh. Biggest fear. See if he's well, right. <laughs> My biggest fear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is two podcasts that somehow I feel like you, you really. <laughs> you, I feel like you've got a story. I I got surprised and I did a podcast this morning, and this fear was brought up. Um. Oh. It's a podcast and thing. I have, uh, I have a horrific fear of moths. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, really? yeah. knew that. <laughs> How'd you know that? Because the one time a leaf flew into your car oh, and you freaked right. out and almost right. jumped out of the car. That's right. That's right. I remember, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I have a phobia for moths. And right. it's funny because I, I honestly don't really talk about it unless there's one around because <laughs> – when people know you're scared of something, they you start they getting it them in, in, a, in oh, abundance, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And so, but uh, I, I I did the block party pro- podcast oh, wow. this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, Coburn, uh, we were at a a birthday party earlier in the week together, and uh, I had a bunch of friends there, and they revealed to him I, I didn't know about it that about my fear of moths. <laughs> but yeah, I'm terrified of former uh, friends, a bunch of former yeah, friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. I'm terrified <laughs> of, of all, believe it or not, of all things, I'm terrified of moths. At the airport, literally a a leaf came flying from a tree, and you would think someone was in his car with him. The way he almost jumped out of that car, and he's like, "Are you sure it's not a moth? Are you sure it's not a moth? It's just a leaf." And yeah. we were like, it, "It's it's a leaf." And he's like, "Okay, because I'm scared of moths." <laughs> yeah, and the story behind that was I I talked earlier in the podcast about my about my hair my Caribbean heritage. I, th- I think I did. Maybe I'm yeah. confusing the other podcasts. Oh, yeah. My parents from the Caribbean. Obviously, I was born in Jamaica. My dad spent time in the, at the University of West Indies in, in Jamaica. And um, I, I have this vivid memory being down there visiting grandparents or uncles or aunts or whatever when I was like four or five years old. And I'm running around as any kid does. And in, insects in my mind, insects in the Caribbean are just ginormous, right? And I had this memory of me running around yelling and screaming, whatever. And a, a giant moth flew into my mouth and it, it got caught in there. And I was like gagging on it and I couldn't get it out. It was just, it was just, it just kind of just, it died in there. And it, it, it's like, I'm getting sick to my stomach just thinking about it right now. Man. And, 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 Way to go, shooter. And, and, and moths don't fly straight, right? Like you can't, no. it's not like they're going in a straight line. They zigzag all over the place. So you don't know where they're going. And I just, I'm just terrified. Every time I see a moth, I just think it's going to end up in my mouth. So yeah, I'm terrified of moths. And I, 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 now, whatever the, the Block Party podcast didn't cover, you guys have got. And uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm going to be, yeah. I, I, I don't stand like at nighttime, I don't stand outdoors near light. Right. Yeah. Stay yeah. away from those lights. Those moths like those. Yeah, I stay away from lights. I feel God, like we're getting really the, the down here as long as you have. I mean, because there are some like I mean, it's yeah, not but you, well, you know, Caribbean. there's some but giant not, moths. But, I'm not, I, uh, but I don't, I don't really. If you think about how, how hot it is. You know, I'm not really yeah. around lights and uh, at nighttime. You know, you're mostly indoors yeah. and, um, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's more of a problem out north up north because you spend probably more time outdoors at nighttime and enjoying yeah. the, the weather and then and that's when all the moths come. Yeah, I, ugh, yeah. I hope yeah. they go extinct at some point. All right, I got a much easier one for you. Um, it's kind of a two-parter here. Funniest okay. player on the team today and funniest player on the team all time. You got a lot of seasons to go back to dig, all but time is wall. Well. All Amazing. time is easy. That's Andre, Andre okay, well, freaking wall. Wall. Is, okay. is 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 absolutely hysterical, and it's it, it, it is if people could see the the acts I've seen from that guy, I I don't know how he's he should be in movies. He is. They did a segment. They hysterical. did the segment back on Sun Sports where rapping with Wall. Yeah, and, he's and they'd have him go around and interview like the other players and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. absolutely hysterical. Um, the funniest player now, uh, for me, it's uh, Anthony Sorelli cracks me up. Like he, he I think he's, he's just, he, Andre was de- like deliberately like uh, funny, like trying to make a, like, a, like he attempts to be funny. Tony Sorelli just, he's just funny. He just cracks me up. He's just, uh, his antics, his stories, his situations are just funny. So I, I'd say now it's Sorelli and all-time uh, Andre Wa. And between the two, I got I, it's not even close. I got to give it to Andre Wa. Yeah, but it's good to have Sorelli back. Yes, uh, last week. So that, was, that was an easy question. That was a yeah. really easy one. Uh, all right, this one, uh, we're going to totally 180 it, 360 it, actually, because this one's going to be really tough. But Uh-oh. you might have an answer for it. What was Uh-oh. your favorite cup? Favorite cup? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, that's actually pretty easy because uh, it's the first one it, it, it's it's the first well it's the first one um just because it, I, I at that point i didn't know it was possible right and uh you experience everything for the first time you don't know what it's going to be like um that being said bubble cup one thing i will never one, one thing that was really cool about the second cup and um and it well, there's two things that are really cool about the second cup, and it's because of COVID um, that we got to experience these two things. And when you win the Stanley Cup, like Cup One and Cup Three, um, the, the locker room after the after you win is a mob scene. Like there's literally hundreds of people around, and and rightfully so. Like it's parents, it's brothers, siblings, it's wives girlfriends children it it, it 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 it's it's just a mob of people like my dad was down there my brother was down there my sister was there i think the first year um so really really cool but what was really cool and unique about the covid uh win was um it was just the team um it was just the players coaches trainers and we got to have a you know uh, hours of of of, of celebration together which you don't experience with the other ones because there's so many other people around like you can't even move in, in the locker room like the we won the the one and three in tampa obviously and and you, you couldn't even move in the locker room like it's just jammed um so it's a different kind of celebration um but i really enjoyed that that private one um with with just us um in year two and then the other thing that was born out of COVID um, was the the bow parade. That probably never would have happened had it not been for uh, for for COVID. So 
really cool experience. And I we did the car parade the first year, and I hope we never do one of those. I, I mean, probably different city was different back then too, but the boat yeah. parade is really, really, yeah. really cool. We, so we want more boat parades. Yeah, yeah. so do I. So do I. Yeah. And, and uh, so I will, I will, I will give a nod to number two for that reason. Um, that those two celebrations really ring out with me, but I think just the unexpectedness of number one will yeah. probably still be my favorite. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point. It makes a lot of sense, but especially I like about number two, like, I mean, what are the team would is going to have that experience? You know, hopefully yeah. we never have to have a bubble, you know, cup run again, but for the lightning to come together and win that and be the team that, you know, has that experience. Uh, it's got to be a pretty memorable one for you as well, but can't blame not having the first one. We started this podcast back in 2020. So mm -hmm. after you guys won that cup, we were live till 3 a.m. ish on I, I the internet. Like yeah. We were having people come on and toast. Sonia Bryson showed up. Uh, Thomas Schooley logged in from uh, whatever, I, else, from wherever. I from uh, the airport. Um, <laughs> it was. It has been an awesome last couple of years, and it's just awesome to be a Lightning fan. We've been Lightning fans for a long, long time. We've known your name. We've seen you around, um, and we really, really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Uh, no, ha happy to do it. I appreciate you guys having me on uh, as, as a guest. It's, a, it's an honor. So thank you. You know, one of the things I did read, Nigel, before you go, is that you said, and you said it tonight, how once this is done and put the cups aside, your friendships that you have done. And one of the things that amazes me is your friendship with some of the players. Like you talk about you and Ben Bishop, about how close you guys are. And Bish was loved in this community um of course and then became a, a casualty of the of the cap and everything else do you have that now with current players that you have with you know bish um and do you still keep in contact with a lot of x players oh oh yeah yeah uh th there's been so many that you, you're not in contact with the majority of them because there's i don't i even know how many I, that's, that'd be quite i'd love to know how many Guys have suited up for the Lightning at this point in my career, but uh, yeah, I'm still in touch with. As a matter of fact, I just I just talked to Brad Richards um, like okay. last Friday. Um, I just saw Vinny LeCavalier. I've, I've stayed in touch with Vinny LeCavalier. Like, yeah, uh, Marty and I are still really tight, and you know, like obviously John Tortorella, and I still talk to Guy Boucher and other assistant coaches. But yeah, I, it's a little bit different now in terms of, and, and I'm really tight with Stammer. I'm tight with Pat Maroon. Uh, um, uh, Tony Sorelli, like, but I don't, coaches and players don't really hang out. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not something you really do. I used to do it a lot more when I was younger and I was more in that age, the same age category, like particularly the, the Marty St. Louis, Vinny LeCavi, Brad Richards era. Yeah. Actually, we had a reunion a bunch of years ago and, and Tim <laughs> Taylor was telling a story, telling story after story after story about all this and then torch was there and he said yeah you know nigel was with us all on all these you know that torch and he looked at me like what uh and i was like uh yeah i may have been you know i i, I caroused when i was younger so but now that I, now there's a bigger age gap i don't hang out with those guys as as, as much yeah. we cross paths on occasion but that being said i'm still tight with kill i mean killer stammer patty maroon um but the i hope guys yeah the older guy the guys been around <laughs> longer but i've i've distanced myself a little bit but i know for sure like I, I went to a tragically hip concert 
a bunch of years ago in Toronto, um, right before the lead singer passed away of cancer. It was their final tour. And, and uh, I posted a picture um, going up there and on my Instagram, it was a group of us that were going up there and um, I land and, you know, there was a text message from Steven Stamkos. Like it was, it was the off season. It was summer, right before he signed that contract and he, and he, he I landed and there was a text message. He goes, dude, you're coming to Toronto and you don't even call me. Like you don't even let me know you're coming. And I'm like, dude, my bad. I, it's a last minute thing. We're flying in for this concert and, uh, and we're in and out. And he goes, Hey, I'm here with uh, Teddy Purcell. Teddy Purcell's in town, and I think, I think Ryan Malone was in town. And oh, the ex crew. The, yeah, <laughs> the crew. By that, by the way, might be all the all the fun the funnest group ever in like I history. bet. Yeah. Not sure how much they were going to win hockey games, but they were <laughs> a, a lot of fun. But um, and uh, I said I, I'm in for this concert. You know, he goes, "Well, meet me out afterwards." You know, I'm, we're we're going to this, this. The guys are going to this, we're going to the bar. And Teddy was gone by then, and Bugsy was done by then too. And he says, "We're all meeting at this bar after the concert. Come on over, hang out with us." So I, I and I did. So yeah, listen. You, you know, my 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 view of these guys is probably a little bit different um, from a fan view because they're 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 more they're coworkers, right? Coworkers. Like, I, yeah. I see them. Every single day, I spend more time with Steven Stamkos than I have with my mom and dad in the last, you know, 15, 10 years, or my brother and sister. I I spend more time with Sorelli and 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 Coop and 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 all these guys than I than I do with my family. It's just the nature of what I do. So w- there's always going to be a, a a bond there between all of us that have. And when we're, you know, we're on airplanes together, we're in restaurants together, sometimes we're at bars together, you know, we're in the rinks together, we're on buses together. So it's it's hard not to form a bond with all these people, the ones that are around for any kind of period of time. And um, yeah. Like for I, the I, record, I'm willing to give up my family to hang out with Stan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Just for the record. <laughs> well, hey, it was the stash who, who predicted 60 this year again. From Stamkos, and for the first like two weeks of the season, we thought it's for close. sure, it's gonna happen. Gonna happen. for sure. sure, it was going to happen after the first two weeks. Hey, it, he's right. been pot lately too. So thirteen never, games, never know. Um, cool. All well, right. school. You got any more questions? Yeah. No. As we're, as we're trying to get him out of here, you got any last minute freaking fifteen minute answer questions for him? Not no. Nigel. Anything you want to tell the the Lightning fans that watch this show or, or listen? No, the only thing I would say is, um, you know, uh, the, the treatment I've got from fans over the years has been and then more than any kid from Canada probably deserves. And I'm really grateful for, uh, you know, I, I just hit 2000 and, and I, I, I need to get on there. And, and I'm not great with social media, Facebook stuff, but I need to get on there and, and write a thank you. To it. But I, I would say this to all those people that I've reached out and, and, uh, and had such kind words for me. Uh, over the last week or so or over the last you know bunch of years i i really appreciate it i'm, I'm not a guy that l- likes a lot of attention or the limelight and really reserved um but but i would say thank you it's it's been a humbling honor to uh serve this team and, and serve all of you as a video coach for the lightning it's been a uh, a great blessing so i would say thank you very much Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully we can uh, maybe get you on here during the off season again to talk about uh, what happens this season, but best of luck this season. No pressure. Uh, like I said, since we've been doing this podcast, you guys have made it to the Stanley cup finals every single year. So they, the bar, the bar's there, uh, especially with this fan base. I don't, don't go on social media after we lose one game in like a, a week and just don't do it. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, and uh 
Hopefully no. we'll see you raising another cup sometime soon. Hopefully. And I'm happy to do it. And, and yeah, just, you know, I see Thomas kind of regularly. Thomas is uh, one of the fans that's always, always at the airport when we, uh, when we, we land. know. It doesn't matter how cold it is or what time in the morning it is. It's, I feel like Tom is there uh, nine times out of, out of out of ten landings. So and uh, uh, and we we just appreciate every every one of you and, and thank you. And uh, yeah, anytime you want me to come on, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's the least I can do. All right, for now, get back to uh, to the video editing, and you know we need we need a, a big game tomorrow. Okay, no, we, we got gonna, the Kraken coming to town. I think I'm going to the fridge and grabbing a beer. Video, video, oh, video, sounds, video, video can wait. Like a better idea. There's always, there's always time for video. So, <laughs> all right, Nigel, thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Take care. Deuces. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. How awesome was that? And hey, I have to give a shout out to Matt, uh, Monkey Colt, our uh, our favorite sponsor here, who helped link us up with Nigel. So, Matt, thank you so much for helping uh, to make that happen. That that was awesome. Really, really yeah. great to be able to talk to Nigel. It yeah. hates, it, it's horrible how humble he is, but it's also good about how humble he is. Because, like, there is, there is a behind-the-scenes episode. I forget what it was. Behind-the-scenes episode of his someone getting the chance to go down there into the video room. And that's amazing, like... I've gotten to do a lot of things. Probably my favorite thing was in the radio booth um, up with uh, Phil and Dave Michigan. But that, that's got to be experience. They need to do that again so I can win that. Yeah, I, that that was <laughs> that was something awesome to do. But I would definitely put being in that video room as number two. You know, just seeing just seeing that and seeing the behind the scenes that they did on his. I forget. I want to say it was like a kids charity thing or something. And they showed the behind the scenes and that was really cool. I mean, even if you get one year, they did something special. I think it was for STMs where they took us in lightning vision room. And uh, even that was pretty cool just to see where lightning vision is actually put together. And you don't actually get to see how much is put into it because it's a, it's a room that's got dark windows all the way around it. And it's at the very, it's at the end behind one of the, uh, in the 200s over by the chase club and you never know that that's what that is unless you sit over near there yeah. and that was a good experience so i think being down there with nigel also would be just an awesome thing yeah really cool and since we saw the question in the chat december 25th merry christmas monkey colt coffee is coming to town it should be available the 25th online online at 10 a.m yeah, so that would be your first chance. I know I'm going to be ordering some on the 25th for sure. Uh, so definitely go check it out. Go, You can go onto the website now, monkeycoatcoffee.com. Get on the list. Urban yeah. chocolate chip. That's like and here's, my favorite here's things my and, and I'm gonna coffee. Get out, I'm going to get out ahead of it. I'm just going to give you guys the idea. Iced coffee. All right. I'm I'm not a big hot coffee guy. This I'm telling Did you, you just this, invent no, something. No, no, I'm saying this is gonna be this flavor is great for iced coffee. Not all not all flavors are conducive to be putting being I put you. on yeah. ice. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is one of those ones that's gonna this is gonna be great for an iced coffee. I hear you. Yeah, can't wait. So definitely check yeah. that out. And seriously, Matt was uh, a big on on yep. getting uh, Nigel to join us. So really appreciate that, Matt and Monkey Colt. Um, 
By the way, we'll give our other sponsor a quick shout out here. SeatGeek.com. You can use our code WTTPOD, um, P-O-D. Uh, that code will get you $20 off your first time using SeatGeek.com. So go uh, get yourself some lightning tickets for tomorrow or Thursday. Something else, um, Matt. Monkey Call also got us on was the National Pediatric Cancer um, Foundation, I which which this, yeah. yes, I did because I have actually been saying it a lot this last week because Thunderbolts um, w- in coalition with We the Thunder is having a Christmas party raffle event at our newest sponsor, Cigar City Brewery on Spruce Street this Saturday. Um, and we will have lots of raffle items there that the money is going to go to um, the National Pediatric Foundation, um, Cancer Foundation. So thank you to Matt for also getting us in contact with them. Um, so the partnership with Monkey Cult has been doing great. And then also um, Cigar City. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are not in um, already in the Thunderbolts group, you missed out because we're pretty yeah, much at capacity, much right? Capacity. We can't really yes. take anyone else right now unless somebody else uh, um, drops out or something. The reason why is because uh, we've got kind of the private room over at Cigar City. Uh, Here's what I will say is we have the private room and they're going to give everybody one free beer. Um, and then Thunderbolts is going to provide the food. Um, so they do have a whole half of a restaurant still there. If you want to be there Saturday for the watch party slash Christmas party, you can come there. You can still bid on the raffle items that we will have there. We are not going to say no to any money for charity. I can tell you that. So if you want to be there on Saturday, you can still come. You just won't get the buffet style food. Um, but me, Shooter, Stash, all the admins from Thunderbolts, we're all going to be there. We're all mingle with any Lightning fans. We'll talk to anybody. Nope. Even non-Lightning fans, Stash will nope. still go over there and say hi to them. Nope. I'll be exclusively in the private room. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if Stash shows up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be there this time. He, he normally doesn't show up for Thunderbolts uh, events. you schedule him out of the state. <laughs> I've this will be this will be his debut. <laughs> All right, so we we have a a little treat for you. Thanks to Steve, um, huge Lightning fan, had some amazing seats. He mm-hmm. wants to give away those seats for tomorrow Uh-oh. to somebody watching. So I have got the old I'm chat hashtag machine up, and if you hashtag Monkey Colt with a comment. You will be entered to win. You're going to have to hang out with us for another 15 minutes because we still got a show to do here. Um, but if you go ahead and put that in the chat, you will be eligible for three seats tomorrow night. Uh, some awesome seats. Some of the best seats I've ever sat in at Amelie Arena. So put that in the, the chat and um, you might win. Yeah, make sure you spell it right. So, yeah, we're going to go for a couple more minutes because we got some hockey to talk about. We haven't even talked about the last week of hockey. We've got the challenge to do, um, and then we'll get out of here. So probably like 10, 15 more minutes. Uh, Stash is probably getting a refill. Um, let's start off with Detroit. We lost to Detroit after having Ryan on from the Wing Wheel podcast and told us about their goalie, 
Um, their goalie played the game of his life against the Lightning. Vassy also played great that game, um, but the Lightning did end up losing to Detroit. And I thought they got outplayed most of this game. The exception was the third period where the Lightning finally started to really just kind of pepper shots on goal. Um, the controversy in this game was Cooper pulled Vassy with like four minutes left down. Yeah. Down two. Down two. They, and then we scored. Two. It worked. <laughs> and we scored. Then he pulled him again. And then they got the, the empty net on us. Well, no, I thought they scored. I thought they scored as soon as he pulled him a little bit too early. Or, or no, did we score to bring it within one? I yeah. think it was two zero and then it was two to one and then they pulled him but it was like four minutes left and everyone was a little bit pissed about that that game but i mean that's what cooper does he's not shy with pulling the goalie and out of all people adam ernie <laughs> launches one from our zone um and the lightning still got another goal when they pulled the goalie but it was just too late and i always feel like you know our team sometimes just runs out of time uh, you know what I mean? We need a, we need the fourth period sometimes because they were coming on strong and they would have won this game if they had another. If 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 they even forced overtime, they would have won this game in overtime, no doubt about it. Yeah, any it was, comments on that one? Well, there was, and you also had the return of Lalande, um, and you know they they did the tribute to him, which I really thought he deserved. Um, and there there was a lot of you know it looked like it was back and forth shuffling between them. Um, because they're all familiar with each other. Um, so it, it was kind of like the master and the student and the student and the master, and then they both are masters now. And it was it was a nice little game of chess that the two had between Derek and Coop. And so Derek got the best of it. Now let's see the return to Detroit, what happens with uh, Blash now. All right, well, hey, uh, real quick, thanks for... Joining in, Karen, uh, first-time listener. What a great episode to join uh, for the first time, if you got to see the Nigel interview. Um, it's only going to go downhill from here, but uh, please uh, keep uh, listening and watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We peak tonight. You, about? you can win tickets to tomorrow's game. <laughs> um, no, uh, I got to say, you know, we were there in those uh, amazing seats uh, for that game, and I, I don't know, it was just a weird game to me overall. It was a weird tone. It felt like... Um, the, the 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 lightning didn't play bad. They didn't play great. And again, we were talking about they switched up the lines for some reason, and it felt like bad timing um, to do that. But you know, like you said, also Lalonde coming in and has a lot to prove right now. And there's a lot to prove for that Red Wings team. And they've been our little bitch for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was it 16, 17 games in a row that they had gone uh, without beating us here or there so um it's only been what two seasons since they broke that that streak and they still don't have that great of a record i think that it's only 500 since then so um they they have a lot more to prove i think in that game in that moment um especially because they are sitting there teetering on the playoff spot and a pretty solid expectation that the lightning are making the playoffs with the way they are playing right now so it's just one of those games, you know. You like you would like to win that game, but y- you kind of understand how it played out, and, and and it's not like the Lightning weren't trying to do the best because they had so many shots on goal. It was, it was insane. They were peppering him. So, but, but mo- like, thir- I think it was like 
almost 30 in the third period. So yeah. They got outplayed the first two periods, which that's been a problem with this team is, uh, and it's been a problem with the team for a long time is they know that they can kind of turn it on when they need to. And they kind of coast at other times. The last two games, they did not coast. Wow. Uh, Nashville five, two win point and Perry scored before I even freaking got to turn the game on. <laughs> like they scored like yeah. what less than two minutes into the game. I'm strong. I'm talking to my kids and I'm like trying to put the game on, but we're like trying to be a dad. <laughs> and then by the time I get the game on, it's two nothing. Um, not complaining, that. not complaining. Um, but I think one of the big highlights of that game we mentioned earlier was the McDonough tribute. Really, really well done as yeah. usual. Um, you saw him if you watched on TV and you know, he didn't play in the game because uh, he was injured, but you saw him up in the, uh, one of the suites. Actually, he was in, and a lot of people didn't doesn't know this. He was in Vinick's suite. Yeah. Mr. Vinick had him and mm -hmm. his personal suite rather than up with the rest, with the other Nashville players and with the dads and stuff like that. Mr. Vinick actually asked him personally to come and be in his suite for the tribute. Yeah, yeah. that was really nice. Yeah, he had a nice shiner on his eye, and he was definitely um, a little emotional by the time that ended. Yeah, I said it before when we were talking to Nigel. That's, I mean, I've been to a lot of big games and a lot of big moments at Amelie Arena, and that's one of the loudest ovations I remember hearing there and sustained ovation. Like, they had to cut the fans off because they were coming out of the TV timeout and they had to drop the puck. And, like, but it was, I think we would have gone on for minutes. Honestly, well, that ovation it would have not stopped. And Coop did say this in his uh, Stephanie put a said it messed up their momentum, and he did yeah. say that Coop said it couldn't have come at a worse you time know, because they yeah. were they were railing around around, and then all of a sudden he said there wasn't a dry eye anywhere. Yeah, and the and the tide kind of changed a little bit because the Preds came back, tied it up, and then one of the things that I really liked, and I like this trend for the Lightning the last couple weeks is strong third periods. Um, we weren't really seeing that at the beginning of the season, but Point and Paul um, take the lead, extend the lead, and then Hagel adds a shorty. By the way, we did give up a shorthanded goal. We are on pace to break the record for most shorthanded goals given up in a season, which is 22. Um, I believe we're at seven, seven. Yeah, right seven. now. Yep. Um, so we're 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 gonna really destroy that record one that you don't want to have this was also cooper's 450th win he's the fastest coach to get to that mark um again no jack adams <laughs> yeah. um saturday uh by the way these were both reverse retro games nashville and florida um saturday smash mouth uh in the house kicking it off i like when they have concerts before uh the game out there i think they should just find bands like i don't care for their cover bands they should have a band out there because we like they used to they used to yeah. every game and every game yeah. i'll tell you the entertainment out on the plasma even just the advertisers out with their tent out front has diminished greatly and has yep. and i don't know if it's just because they don't need this the butts in the seats or they pay so much for advertisement inside the arena. I don't know, but it has it's not fun going to the arena early anymore because they don't do that kind of stuff. Now they are building the Publix um, stage over in Publix Plaza. Oh, is that what big, it is? Yes. Stage? 
they have two stages that are being built over there. So it looks like they're going to have entertainment over there sponsored by Publix. Well, they're uh, going to have to, they're going to have to amp it up a little bit because as places start to open, you already see the construction across the street for the, the big restaurant that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, Stash and I are usually at a nice uh, establishment wetting our whistle down the street. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind going to the stadium earlier if there's a little bit more entertainment, but, you know, just standing around with Thomas Cooley doesn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth does, though. <laughs> no, I brought my kids and they loved, uh, they, they, uh, they liked it. it was, they thought it was cool. Um, highlight of this game was Patty Maroon, first goal of the season, which we also mentioned earlier. Um, good to see him finally score. You could tell the sense of relief after he scored that goal. Um, you had some point goals, Sergachev with a goal, Stamkos with a nifty little move um, yeah. to, to kind of put it away there. And then I thought oh, this and, was one and, of Vassie's yeah. best games of the season. Should have had a shutout. The only goal that uh, Florida scored was really kind of, uh, it was, I think it went off Sergachev, right? Yeah. 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 So Vassie should have had that shutout. I don't think he's yeah. had a shutout this no. season. No, he yeah, has not. But yeah. we are the only team that has not been shut out also. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, well, that almost um, happened versus Detroit. We didn't get that yeah. first goal until the last couple <laughs> minutes there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Anthony you know, Sorelli came back this week too and has been a, a huge difference maker, not necessarily getting on the scoreboard with goals, but getting four assists over the last couple games. So he's been a, had a huge impact. Uh, Stash thinks he's the only one that thought that that was going to happen. He was. He was was. the only one that thought that was going to happen. (laughs) No, he's definitely – well, it was a a welcome back for Sorelli, who seems like he hasn't really missed a a beat. Mm. Um, Yeah, we we talked about you could see how important he is to this team and how much just that dynamic on those lines have changed since he's came back. You can see there's a lot more trust with him there rather than when they were shuffling Koki. Um, and it just looks like everybody is now comfortable. Um, even even when Coop is shuffling, um, they just seem comfortable with each other. Hagel looks like he is settled in and he's comfortable. Paul, you see him settled in. He looks comfortable. It just looks like this team is now just full of veterans and everybody's just comfortable with each other. And yeah. it looks like they're back to having fun hockey again. Well, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, though, I think we're going to see is look at the goals against now since the has come back. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring a defense to this team that they haven't had. You know, and, and, and that's something that I've never bemoaned his defense as far as all the Selkie conversation regarding him. My converse, my contention has always been his offense has never been good enough yeah his defense as a forward has never been in question he's been one of the best defensive forwards since he's come into the nhl truly it's the only reason his name's ever been in the selkie conversation absolutely he doesn't have the points so yeah i mean it's it's what he does for the middle of that roster in the middle of the ice as a back checking forward what he does on the pk all the other things that he does for this team that just gives them that more solid foundation. It just gives the blue line a better understanding of what's happening. They can trust him when he's out there. And you put him on that line with the Colton. And um, uh, why am I blanking now? 
uh, and Nemestikov. And you know, both of those guys are also fairly responsible with the puck as well. They're, they're going to try and make plays in their own zone, but both of those guys get back really well, and they both play really well in their own zone. So it, I, I just think that it really plugs up that hole in, the, in, the, in that you know third line. And you saw in the last game, Coop went back to getting those two, the top six cemented, and, the, and then he kind of shuffled the bottom six a little bit, and that's what led to Maroon getting his goal because he's had a little bit more ice time. He's been playing on that third line since Rella came back uh with with uh colton and and that line has been looking really well looking really good well i don't know why in that detroit game in the first period who was it it was maroon sorelli and vladdy i think yeah. that were playing yeah. together and they were yeah. they were by far the best line on the ice yeah, and i, were the I new kept first yelling line. out yeah. oh we got a new first line we got a new yeah. first line but yeah. they haven't really played together since That's that same. game i don't think no because um, he switched and put colton on there yeah but i did like that line they were they were on mm-hmm. fire that game but unfortunately they were the only line on fire for the first couple yeah, periods of that game period. yeah yeah um all right so let's do um Let's do the challenge here and get out of here. By the way, we only have seven entries right now. So if you just put Ooh, hashtag monkey Colt into the comments, you get entered. There's only seven right now. So get that in uh, while you can. We got to pick someone from the thunder here. I've seen Dan all show and we, we already owe Dan a little bit. Um, so <laughs> Dan, we want you to play the challenge uh, with us. You got to answer three simple questions and you got to answer them quick before we do. Or else you probably are going to get the worst pick of the bunch. <laughs> but first, let's go over last week's results. Um, we did goals for the Bolts as a collective. Uh, that means the whole team, not just a player. Um, the Lightning scored, what was it, 11 goals last week. The Stash said 11 goals. The Thunder said 11 goals. So uh, a point each for you guys. Uh, goals given up. Seven last week. The stash said seven. Uh, Schooly said seven. So a point for Schooly and stash. Uh, and then the other one was the Predators um, uh, point score. Who scores the most points for the Preds? Uh, they, they only scored one goal, folks. So there wasn't much. Uh, or no, they scored two, didn't they? Two. Yeah. So there wasn't much to go around. Uh, but uh, Forsberg and Nino Nina Ryder. Schooly and Stash, they each had one point. So I'm going to give you each one point for their assists. That puts the Stash in the first place spot with 10, uh, with Schooly in second with eight, Shooter with seven, and the Thunder bringing it up from behind with the six. So still anyone's game, but the Stash has taken the lead again. So this week, we've got a couple uh, questions here. Hopefully, Dan's still there or else we'll have to find somebody else. But the best plus minus versus the Kraken. By the way, this week, we got the Kraken mm-hmm. tomorrow. The Jackets Thursday. Uh, those are both here in Tampa. And then we go on the road to play the Canadians on Saturday night. Kraken Jackets. Kraken Jackets. Kraken Jackets. Canadians. <laughs> they should have named them the Kraken Jackets. Um, maybe they play better. Uh, best hey, plus fun. minus right. versus the Kraken. So I need a player who's going to have the best plus minus versus the Kraken. Mm. Uh, I am the Dan, loser Dan so Ian far. Cole. Ian Cole. Uh, Dan, you got the first guess. You go Ian Cole. I'm always going to go with Kucherov when it has 
Well, mm-hmm. shoot, that's a, this is actually a tough one. Mm-hmm. I I am gonna stick with Kucherov. Stash and Schooley plus minus for versus the Kraken. Sorelli. Sorelli and. Uh, I'm gonna say Paul. Oh, okay. This is pretty interesting. We pretty much have all players on different lines. So, yeah. Um, most penalty minutes versus the Blue Jackets. Ooh. Maroon. I'm going Stamkos. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to go with Colton. Colton. Dan, we need penalty minutes versus the Blue Jackets. Who's going to get the most? And we'll wait for you on that one, but we're going to move ahead to most goals versus the Canadians. I'm going to go with point. Damn it. Dan, Dan said Cooch. Cooch. I'm the, putting uh, that for points, or, or I'm sorry, for penalty, penalty minutes. Yeah. Uh, I need most goals versus Canadians. I got point. Who else? Who you guys got? Stamkos. Hammer. I'm going to say. I'll, I'll let Dan have Stamkos. I'll take Hagel. Okay. Got Hagel and. I'm going to take. Paul. I, I typed it in before you even put it. <laughs> I can finish your sentences down the school. How sick is that? <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got it. We got it. That'll be fun because we are going to be watching the game all together on Saturday night. So we'll see who uh, who wins that one. All right. Other than that, it's been a show, boys. Got anything yeah, else to say? I do. I want to announce three things that we will be raffling off at the Christmas party um, that nobody has seen yet. So um, the first thing is this playoff hoodie. It is none other than. Well, you don't want to say all that. No, Dudes. no, we don't. <laughs> Coops hoodie. What size it is, is it? A grande. Coops. It's large. Am it's I Coops. eligible to win this? Anybody for the raffles. And they will. I will start putting them online starting Wednesday. Um, we will start selling tickets on Wednesday, um, so we can make the most money. Um, Hosts are eligible, right? Yes. Anybody's eligible. So it is Coop's hoodie from I'll last be wearing year's that next show. I will be wearing that next show. I will be chewing then, up wearing Coop's hoodie. Then I also have a hat, none other than Corey Perry's. Corey Perry. And one more hat, none other than Nick Paul's. Nick Paul's hat. So That's a dope hat, too. I love that one. Those are three things that will be up for raffle. Um, at the Christmas party, we will start putting them in the Thunderbolts group starting on Wednesday. Uh, you can start buying raffle tickets starting Wednesday. All right. So you got about three seconds to type in hashtag monkey Colt into the comments because I'm pulling up the old random generator here so we can choose a winner. So get it in. Um, Brian really wants us to get Nigel's uh, jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there was... Uh, point walking into his meet and greet today, and of course, he had the camo crocs Socks and crocs, crocs, of course. <laughs> Jesus, all right, let's uh, let's give away some tickets. Do it. Uh, let's see here. By the way, we'll be back next Monday. Yes, we will. 
Um, Not with anybody special, just us. I don't think we, we have a guest, but we are we are booking yeah. some more guests for the new year. So don't worry, it's not just mm-hmm. gonna be us blabbering on about uh the team. We got some some guests coming up. We know uh Eric Erlinson's gonna come on uh in January and he's gonna come on a couple times throughout the rest of the season. So that's one, and we'll have some other surprises for you too. Monkey hashtag monkey colt. Let's give away some tickets. You're going to have to shoot us a message on Facebook or over on uh, Twitter. And we'll get these to you. Dan, <laughs> there, there you go, Dan. Got yourself some tickets. It's like karma. All long story behind that one. Yeah. Um, but there you go, Dan. Hey, shoot us. And shoot also, us don't worry. Uh, make sure you get it to Shooty, and he'll take care of it. This no, he's time. got the email. Dan's got our email. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. He's got the email. <laughs> so Dan, you're going to the game tomorrow. Um, got three tickets for you, awesome courtesy seat. of Steve. So appreciate you, yeah. Steve. They're awesome seats. So you're gonna have an awesome time tomorrow. First to crack in, say hey to Yanni Gord for us, okay? I'm, I'm yeah. like waiting for him to answer. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. That's not how it works. <laughs> all right that's it you see you guys next week hey yeah what a great show. until then this has been we the thunder don't forget to be the thunder that's it